Innovation Shots by Pierre Garage. Welcome to Innovation Shots by Pierre Garage and ABN Bev, where we welcome the game changers of the innovation ecosystem to discuss, inspire, educate, and inform the business world and the curious. I'm your host, Vijayata Shastri, and today we will be talking about Emix, the startup that has made it through ABN Bev's Pierre Garage Accelerator program with a special guest. Sandra Rubio de Costa. We will discuss the ins and outs of her startup journey, female entrepreneurship, and much more. Sandra is the founder and CEO of Emix. Emix provides a fintech as a service strategy for the last mile that democratizes access to financial services networks, making the channel creation, administration, and scalability more profitable and streamlined. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for joining us today. I'm extremely excited to be a part of this video. Thank you, Sandra. So let's start. Why did you become an entrepreneur? How did you start out in the industry? And what were the drivers or inspiration for you to, to become an entrepreneur and start up? Like many women, I started because I had a, I, I had a boy. Yes. So I am a mother of four boys. And my personal story is that Amix is the second company I found. I founded. The first company was when my eldest boy um, was born. I was very young, um, and I quit my my job and decided to 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 start an entrepreneurial job uh, journey, mainly looking for options to be a more of a mother more I'm a more present mother this the first company was called aqua and it lasted two years we finished the company broke and broken both the company and myself but i was like a very present mother to my eldest boy then i um, married started working in the software industry very early in my career i am an economist but i joined um the software industry with a Colombian software house. Very inspired by the Indian uh, software services firms. Uh, I'm very proud to be speaking to India because such an inspiration you have always been in many ways for my personal journey. And uh, we, I started working for the software industry, then um, went to a couple multinational firms, uh, went up the, the leadership ladder in in this uh, multinational software uh, so, uh, services companies and at last I, when I, I married when I married got a couple in uh, a couple more boys <laughs> i'm a mother of four boys when my fourth boy was born i was a sales and marketing vice president to a multinational software firm uh, a colombian software services firm called hanson and well it was clear to me that i i couldn't be continue being the person I was being so far. So I decided to to step down as of the of that leadership position and to build my own company, uh, Emix. Emix started as a comp as a small company, repeating what I had done earlier in my career. I had been very successful in in the in the ERP journey, distributing international. A European and, Amer and North American software solutions such as Microsoft and SAP, and uh, the first years of of Emix were those were were those years of 
projecting and repeating this uh, entrepreneur, this journey of, of software distribution and value-added reselling. Um, and well, many things have passed in, since then. Very interesting. So what inspired you to develop Emix's fintech solution? And how would you describe Emix's journey so far? I told you Emix was like a projection or a continuation of my my software services career, early career. Uh, we are all taught, and I think, and you will please tell me if if you find this, you can I relate to this, that we have to go to Europe or to North America and see what they are doing, and then bring it to your country and repeat it. And well, that was my view of the world. And um, in 2016, I went to an event. It was called Money 2020 in Las Vegas in, in, in the US. And nothing of what I saw there related to, what I, to the problems I was seeing in my country. And um, because the American market, particularly in the payments industry <clears throat> and in Europe, they were completely different completely different from our from our reality of what we saw and it was a beautiful journey because the first days of, of participating in that event i said i i really don't see, see an opportunity here and i understood it was my own mindset that copying mindset where you go and copy to 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 these developed countries and bring to your country to your country it was not possible in that industry so what i decided then and it was beautiful because I there we met with, with people from from African markets, from Indian markets, and they had the same problems. They had similar problems and they were solving these problems in different situations from the capacity of creation and observing your own reality and your and translating and evolving um, your creativity and your technological basis to solving those kinds of problems. So this is what inspired us to building this fintech as a service model. The capacity of understanding the problems, the capacity of solving them te technologically, and the capacity of doing this in a in a scalable way. Yes. So so the, this this process of hacking. The hacking is when you um, do something or you are able to break something into a different break, like the status quo. Yes. So. I, I really tell the story of Emix like the first half or it was a bit more, it was like six years. And then the awakening of truly like unleashing those mental barriers of copying and distributing to building your own technology uh, as a means of solving your country's and your reality's needs. Sandra, you also founded a women leaders and entrepreneurs group in Colombia which actually works alongside Colombia's vice president, the Women Economic Forum and Geek Girls Latam to create female empowerment initiatives. And you're an activist for women in digital entrepreneurship. You're doing so much for female entrepreneurs and women on empowerment. What advice would you give to others, especially the women entrepreneurs ahead of planning when they want to jump into the entrepreneur or startup world? I didn't realize that there were so few of us in the world or in Colombia because I wasn't like looking forward into how many um, 
I, I grew up in a male-dominated world. The software industry is is male-dominated. It's like in the world only like eleven percent of the of the of the C-level positions are are run by women. Coincidentally, I was a C-level um, uh, leader in the software industry, so I really didn't see the world was. There were so many few of us in the world. Colombia is globally, there are many more men than women in in C-level positions in in the entrepreneurial journey, many less. There has a lot to do with access to financing in all through Latin America, in my country and in the world. Um, The access to venture capital for female-led businesses is only 9%, 9%, that's very little compared to, it's a very male dominated world. So um, what we are doing is that we are awakening and understanding this and being conscious about this and connecting other women for us to, to believe in ourselves, empower ourselves and to make like these networks, this networks of female entrepreneurs uh, tighter and of more value and support for the other women in the in the ecosystem. There's a lot to do there. And men tend to be like more connected and be the, and have like a higher relational capacity or a, a relational capital, a network capital. And this network capital makes for them easier to do more business and to gain access to financing. We women have to do this and learn from men to be able to have like a more connected um, relational ecosystem to be able to do more business amongst us and and be able to learn how to to improve our financial uh, skills and our we have to learn to believe in ourselves to be able to ask for money and to negotiate for for better deals there's a lot to believe in yourself and to be able to speak your own voice. Yes, and, and that part of my journey in early in the interview, we were talking about how important for me as, a, as an entrepreneur was to be able to develop my creativity and to develop my, um, my voice, my personal voice, not speak for what others want of me. Yes, I told you that I started like doing what the rest expected for me to do that was going to um, distributing Microsoft and SAP and and repeating their own thing so for me learning to think my own thoughts learning to trust my own voice and to understand my own vision of the world and to build it to create it to create solutions to the problems I was seeing that were that's so very important so my um what happens or, or my, my, my main advice is to connect to yourself and, and to learn to believe and to trust in yourself because many people will close the door and you have to learn to trust yourself and you have to gain a lot of resilience to be able to trust what you are doing and to trust your vision and to build your, your creativity, your creativity and your uh, and your vision, yes, to learn how to create your vision. You have to be passionate and to trust yourself. Um, the entrepreneurial journey is full of disappointments, 
of difficulties, ups and downs, and many and many adversities. If you don't believe in yourself and in your vision and in your capacity, um, the obstacles will win and you will stay in the way. So my main piece of advice is learning to trust your voice and being in, and being strong enough to lead. So being a startup founder who's doing so much of wonderful work in the fintech domain, how do you see fintech transforming the business and corporate world in Latin America, Colombia, and of course the world? Money itself is not an act of control from, from the central institutions or the banks, but it's an act of trust between the people, yes, and this from 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 money being an act of control from the rich to the poor, from the banks to the people, onto money being an act of trust between communities. There's a, an incredible journey to happen between um, many generations, many generations. So so. This possibility of transformation means uh, affecting the capacity of sourcing funding uh, projects. The crowdsourcing, for example, the green businesses and, and, and uh, the green businesses crowdsourcing movement is transforming the world. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's not the central uh, big projects led by huge institutions, but it's now the people who fall in love with a project they want to see, the ones who source who source and um, fund the possibility of initiatives transforming the world. So everything like from the same capacity of money transforming into digital currencies and into certainly um, crypto, based like more into the blockchain side of transparency uh, uh, on transparency on visibility uh, of of people to people money itself has a, a big journey a big journey to to evolve that crowd funding sourcing that transparency in the payments the access to resources from everybody um, this is a beautiful transport uh, transformation that has to happen between a couple generations um, and is happening very fast right now. It's happening very fast. Not just the capacity of payment of paying digitally, but the capacity of transparency and of uh, financing and, and, and uh, economic wealth reaching where it needs the most for us to transform a society. And this is a big, this is a big plan. <laughs> this is a big thing we want to participate with our uh, small um, seed, uh, with our small uh, grain of dust in this big plan. Excellent. So we would also love to know, Sandra, from you, how do you envision yourself and your organization to be the game changer in the field of innovation? which is so very exciting and challenging today. Yes, there's a lot going on in terms of innovation in the fintech space, in payment space, in microinsurance, in microcredit. 
uh, for those not included in the traditional financial system, which is like mostly everybody. It's a big percentage of the population, more than 50 or 60 percent of the population. In Latin America, um, post-COVID, there would be that, that the expectation is like 62 percent. 62 to 65% of the people are informal. So there's what we want to do is to enable um, the fintech, the, the creation of fintech services within those ecosystems with our understanding, business understanding, and the capacity of paying, um, connecting cash with digital financial services in the streets for the people, plus the capacity of bringing those digital financial services to the streets through this kind of, of, of collaborative gig economy uh, agent networks models. Um, if you see the Abinbev ecosystem is itself, the whole supply chain ecosystem, it would be like a network, like an agent network. So we want to make those ends meet, to bring in that, that capacity of these supply chain ecosystems to act themselves as agent networks for financial services for themselves and for their communities. Thank you so much, Sandra. This has been such an inspiring and interesting conversation. We have learned a lot from you and from all of us, the very best for your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vijeta. And thank you to the Abinbev ecosystem who is giving us this huge opportunity to make a part of the transformation of your ecosystem. We are thrilled and very, very excited to make our contribution and to join this FinTech movement. This brings us to the end of this very interesting and exciting episode of Innovation Shorts with Sandra. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Sandra. Join us in the upcoming episodes where we will be up close with more exciting leaders from the innovation ecosystem. That's all for this episode. See you next time and thank you so much.